0: I will be brutally honest. These past two weeks have been one of the most difficult periods I've ever gone through in my entire life. I mean, so many things have happened in these past two weeks. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. It was two weeks ago today that I got, I had a phone call to tell me that somebody that I know quite well somebody that's also in ministry like I am a pastor of a church in the St. Augustine Florida area had been accidentally struck and killed by a car he had been crossing a street apparently didn't see A vehicle that was turning and was not hit that hard but knocked over and uh, apparently caused severe enough head injury that he died a few days later. And it was all happening at the same time that, that my wife and I are needing to be on the road from Florida to Georgia and no matter how I tried to put the schedule together there was just no way for us to be both in Georgia and Florida at the same time. It was difficult. Well, it didn't end there. We did make it to Georgia as planned. There's so many things that we have been trying to piece together here in Georgia. I'll talk about that in just a little while, what we're up to. And then I get word that, and then you got to understand something and, and kind of follow along with me. Complicated family situations. I know that many many of us have them. Not things that we did, but it is, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, sad cases of divorces and remarriages and stepkids and that and the other within your family structure. And, and I have a, a granddaughter that I'm fairly close to who lives in Georgia as well, not that far from where we live in in our little place in Georgia. And her half-brother passed away this, pa- this past week. Now, he had had health issues for many, many years, even though he was quite young when he died. Um, he was hemophiliac, so he, he had a lot of issues going on. But still, you know, in the middle of all the things we're doing up here, I, I was able to at least, thankfully, be able to be there. And I don't know the half brother that well. I, I've met him over the years, but I felt, at least for the sake of my my granddaughter, that I needed to be there, and so I went and spent time with her, and also was able to visit with my my one daughter in Toccoa Georgia. Well, it doesn't end there. Last week, I had gone to the funeral. I spent the night in Toccoa because it was getting later in the evening and I just don't like driving as much at night in the mountains like like maybe I could do a few decades ago. So I spent the night. Next morning, I'm I'm getting ready to to head back up to our home and I get word Now, once again, this is where it gets complicated. The other daughter who currently lives in Florida, um, uh, her ex husband, like I say, the family, you know, maybe you've lived there, maybe you get it, maybe you've seen it. Uh, Her ex husband of many years ago passed away suddenly himself. So I have another granddaughter that's just lost her dad. And I'm trying to figure out how I can be in two places at one time as we're as we're in Virginia right now and to try to figure how to turn around and come back. Now, in the case of that particular son-in-law, I was never close, never really knew him that well. Um, I've known the granddaughter. Uh, she was not in his custody for all those years. So y- you can imagine dealing with three unexpected deaths in two weeks time, along with everything else that has been, you know, placed upon me. And I was thinking the last time I think I was ever under this kind of a stress was maybe back in 2004 when I when I lost my first wife to cancer. I mean, it was a very difficult time. But it reminded me of something, and this is where I want to share some thoughts at the beginning of the program today. And then, and then look at some of the news out there that sometimes gets missed. Life, as St. Paul reminds us, is but a vapor. None of us, none of us are ever guaranteed how much time we have. It was a year ago, a little over a year ago. Another friend of mine in ministry, also younger than I am, unexpectedly passed away. And he and his wife were making these great plans to, you know, finally he had had a career in media, but also ministry. And he had worked hard and long, and they... They had, had a motor home, and they, they had decided as much as they liked Florida, they decided to live in the mountains of East Tennessee. And they had found a, a piece of property. They had a builder, and they were getting started on building their dream home when his life got cut short the day after Easter in, in 2021. And we were in Georgia at the time, but we were able to, I was able to work it out to, to travel to Florida for that funeral and, and get back. Let's be totally honest. Life is but a vapor, as St. Paul reminds us. We're here today and we're gone in a flash in the grand scheme of things over these millennia. In the example of this son-in-law, even though technically an ex-son-in-law, and I really have not spent a whole lot of time with him. I mean, very little in, in, in many, many years. He got up the other morning to go to work, as he always did, early in the morning. And was getting ready for work when he collapsed of a massive heart attack at a young age. And all the plans that he had been making for himself, like the house he was going to be moving into this past weekend, which didn't happen, all these great laid out plans of things you're going to do. Like I mentioned, my, my good friend in ministry, who passed away a year ago, was looking forward to a retirement. And he and his wife decided to to leave Florida and they decided they wanted to live in the mountains at least for a season. And and they were they had just bought some land in East Tennessee. And they were they were so looking forward to having those years after all those years of work and labor. I look at the things that I want to get accomplished in life, ministry and otherwise, and I have to recognize for myself, what are the limitations? What's going to happen if something was to happen to me? What are the things that I need to be doing? What are the things that I don't need to be worrying about? What things can I do? What things can't I do? I know for one of the first times in my life, I'm having to realize that I have some legitimate limitations. I'm not 35 or 40 anymore. I know that driving is not as easy as it once was to hop in the car and drive, oh, four or five hours was nothing and then turn around and do it again. I can't do it anymore. Sometimes when I'm driving in the mountains, I I have a little bit of vertigo and I I have to slow down or swap drivers. And so I'm realizing that I, I had to say no for this service tomorrow. As much as my heart is with them, there's nothing I can do. I need to recognize that the time that i have needs to be used very cautiously and very carefully my wife and i were talking about this we were trying to figure out what what should we do what should i do in this case we had other commitments in virginia that we just couldn't push off again and you have to wonder well, you know what how do you deal with it and then I recognize something. Sometimes we try to take on too many things. Sometimes we try to have too many irons in the fire. And I'm really bad about that. I always have been. And I don't, I guess maybe I've been trying to all my life. Maybe you're in the same boat. And I hope that if you're listening today, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this program, Truth to Ponder, or somebody has just shared this as a podcast with you. And, and you're going to learn something maybe about yourself. In many ways, I had a very blessed childhood, but in many ways, I had a very difficult childhood. I was adopted into a family, and I'll just come out and say it. Uh, my adoptive mother had some psychological issues that uh, were not easy to, to deal with growing up. And for whatever reason... She had a preconceived notion about my older brother. We were all adopted from different locations and backgrounds into that house, you know, in our infancy, essentially. And the firstborn or the oldest, you know, she had, uh, he could do no wrong and I, I could never do anything right. And so I always live with that, you know, you're not as good as. And so may, maybe sometimes that's why I, I try to be an overachiever and try to take on things and try to do things that others don't do just because I was told I couldn't. Sometimes that's a great motivator too. But you know, when God opened up ministry for me, a door that I always thought was slammed shut from the time that I felt that call in my teens till I got into my 40s, I just felt that door was slammed shut. And then it opened up so quickly and I entered it so smoothly. Yeah, there was a lot of work to do, a lot of study, and a lot of getting prepared. But it's something I never thought that would happen, and it did. When I look over the sum total of my life, all the things that I've ever done, ever accomplished, do I look at those years as, let's say, a broadcaster or broadcast engineer As the highlight of my life? Actually not. While those skills are wonderful to have, I I now apply those skills into ministry. I just don't care about secular radio anymore. I did ages ago, but no longer. It's just not there for me. My heart's not in it. And so here I am at this point of life. I look at the years that I felt that I did the most, let's say, Fulfilling work was the years that I was a church pastor, a hospice chaplain unpaid, and using my secular skills to help make ends meet so I could do mission and ministry work that you know that, that these small churches couldn't afford. God was good to me, opened doors for me. So I'm at a point in life that I'm having to decide what are the things that I can do and where do I have to sometimes say no, no matter how much it pains me at times to have to say no. I can't be in two places at one time as much as I wish I could. I can't make these long journeys like I could 10, 15 years ago. And I have to realize, you know, what is God calling me to do? My wife and I have been toying around with several ideas, and this is part of why we are in Virginia. We have to be honest about something, and a lot of us, you know, I I never wanted to think I'd be this way. I always thought I'd be perpetually young. I would never be that old guy. It was not going to be me having to use a walker someday or a cane or whatever the case may be. That I'd be able to bounce up and down stairways, hop in the car and go anywhere I wanted to go. But I'm beginning to see that's not going to be the case for the rest of my life. Things are going to begin to slow down. But I don't want to just be a sidelined retired guy either. That doesn't work. So what things can I do? What things should I do? and what is god leading me and my wife to be doing now this this radio program it takes a lot of work and i love it and and i really believe that this is one of the things that i should continue to be doing if anything if anything i need to push away other work that i had been doing other things that i have offered to help with Because there's only so many hours in the day, and there are times and I'm going to be brutally honest with you, especially those that have listened for any length of time. There are many a a day when I've concluded producing this radio program, and I'm distributing it to the radio stations where it needs to be, and getting it out as a podcast, that I feel I did a very, well, inferior job. I didn't give you the program I could give you. Honestly, I'm telling you, there are times that I felt that I I could have done a better job, that I just rushed through it, trying to get everything together, trying to get an hour radio program completed because there's a deadline. And so we have to decide what you can do. What was that great line from that movie? Clint Eastwood, great line. A man has got to know his limitations. And and sometimes we try to be supermen and women, and we can't do it. Hardest thing sometimes is when you have a situation like I have, and you have to decide, is that really the best use of my time? We don't know. I mean, I've had too many people that I know in my life that have passed away suddenly and unexpectedly, long before their time, while making making plans. It was a number of years, and, and we're talking decades ago now. My adoptive father, the one that raised me, I was like one years of one year old when I was adopted, so I really have no memory. we got along growing up and then unfortunately my parents divorced and he married somebody else who i did not like and even though i went to high school with her son in the same class all of a sudden i was odd man out all of us were and so in all honesty i had like no relationship with my dad my father the guy that raised me for oh i don't know from 19 let's say 1974-75 1974-75 all the way up to the time uh, shortly before he died we're talking probably a period of 20 some odd years 20, 25, 26 years we barely spoke ne- ne- never communicated but toward the she was getting older he reached out to me very apologetically in an email he got my email address. And we started to communicate. And he was at a point in life that, you know, he realized how he had, in, a, in essence, without realizing what he was doing, was, was you know, pushing us out uh, for his new life back in 1973. And here we are, you know, basically almost 30 years later trying to, you know, piece it all back together again. It was... Probably in the month of November, and I think the year was 2002, maybe 2003, I can't remember, just suddenly it escapes me, it doesn't matter. He reached out to me and said, I, I would love to come and visit you in Florida. Where's where, where can I stay inexpensively? And of course I said, you can stay with us. It's all right. It's all right. And so he had made plans to spend part of the winter with us in Florida. And I was actually looking forward to it, to repair a broken relationship that we had had for over 30 years, or almost 30 years. And and there we were, you know, we're, we're talking on the phone occasionally, writing some emails, making plans, and trying to decide you know if he should decide to become a snowbird and they, they need a place down in you know in our part of the world you know what where would be a great place and so we're making all these plans and then i get a phone call that my dad had collapsed and had died suddenly of a massive coronary while getting ready to go to church on a sunday morning in the month of december just about one month before he was due to be with me in Florida. Life is but a vapor. We don't know how much time we have. So we can't be wasting the time that we're given, putting ourselves on hold. Well, you know, I'll get around to that. Well, Lord, I know I need to be doing this, but I think I would like to, you know, just take, we don't have the time sometimes. I wish we did. I wish we did. You know, I may live to be 95. Then again, I may not. Probably won't. That's fine. But right now, my wife and I are recognizing we are in a position, and let's just kind of put things in perspective. We're getting older. And we can't be living in a place that is so distant from any family. And so we're looking at moving to Virginia to be closer to family. As we get older, we may need a little bit more help in life. And so we're going to make this one big transition, but we're also trying to to pray diligently what is the ministry component what is the ministry component to all of this we're not going to some house somewhere in extreme southwest Virginia with wonderful scenery and very pleasant and friendly neighbors just to rust out and retire what kind of ministry should I have Oh, we've thought about, you know, maybe getting a little bit of property where we can have a home, maybe a a chapel on the property, maybe something else where people can gather. But is that what I'm called to do? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a vision I have that will be a shared ministry with some other family, some other individual. Maybe it's not all up to me. I realize how much time it takes me to do this radio program. Yeah, it's only an hour show, yeah. But by the time you do some prep and reading and research and distribution and correspondence, which I'm getting so far behind on, you recognize that, you know, it is a job in and of itself. I also do miss preaching on a regular basis. It's just something that I used to do. And maybe some kind of a a small ministry, part-time or full-time, along with the radio program, is where I need to be. And then encourage others to take on their work. In other words, my wife and I decided the other night, I can't do it all, as much as I would like to. And as I get older, I'm going to probably be doing a little bit less. That's just the reality. Because truly life is a vapor. And, and so what do we do at this point in our lives? Now maybe maybe you're listening and you're my age. maybe you're retired already. maybe you're going to be retiring maybe you're a lot younger. I see the world going into a totally different time than we've ever seen it in the years that I have been on this planet. I, I know that we have been in a downward spire, spire morally in, in so many ways. We, we have walked away from our faith. We have given up on, on what is good and righteous and substituted what is evil, selfish, and sinful. We have media that can't tell the truth anymore. I mean, look, I don't even have to spend a whole lot of time on this. You know where I'm going to go with this. This whole thing about Roe versus Wade and looking at all these people thinking it's the end of the world if we can't kill a baby in the womb. They're going to burn down the, the Supreme Court if they, if they can't kill a child. I saw a posting somebody made. Somebody shared it before that person deleted it. They said, I wish I could be carrying Donald Trump's child just so right before birth I could have it pulled out and hack it to death. That that's the kind of world we live in today. Transgenderism, all of this stuff, the wokeism, pedophilia, it goes on. I mean, this we, we are seeing evil just rising here, rising there. The cities are decaying from evil. They're, you know, they have all the internet, they have all the infrastructure, but it's full of evil. Even small-town America is not as safe as it used to be. The church of 50 years ago, for the most part, as we knew it, doesn't exist. Once, faithful church bodies are apostate and spit on the face of our Lord Jesus Christ and have sold their souls to their sexuality and indecency. It's just where it is. They gather together, claiming that God celebrates their sin with them. And so let's celebrate sin instead of asking forgiveness of sin. And the only sin left in those woke churches is not accepting immoral behavior. If you don't accept immorality, then that's a sin in their book. A statistic, I'm going to keep driving home until you can quote it to everybody in a split-second's notice. The majority of people living in the United States have nothing to do with anything related to religion, Christianity, or church. They're they're done. They're over. They're, They're gone. And of the minority left, the majority of them are in apostate churches. I mean... We are down to a minority. We are moving rapidly into that time. That the Bible says that they will kill you thinking that they're doing God's service. Canada. People trying to worship during the pandemic. You know, they, they, they're being imprisoned. Fined. Yet certain things were always Permissible but not church. And the same was true in a lot of places here in the United States, church was singled out. Christians were singled out. You very seldom saw a mosque singled out. But a church, yes. A conservative orthodox synagogue, yes. But if you, you know, if, if you're Bible believing absolutely, got to shut you down. Even a supposedly somewhat conservative state like kentucky you had police people coming out to parking lots where people were gathering in cars to go to church not you know and the the cars are like 20 feet apart and the windows are up and they're wanting to find and ticket everybody that came to that parking lot because we had that corona fear going on One of the biggest scams that ever came through, how we dealt with the coronavirus. As we shared last week, and I'm not going to get into it today, but there there are too many things about, quote, the virus. I'm going to say this. We're going to probably get to our break late, but it's okay. One thing I did learn last week when I went to that funeral, talked to the guy at the funeral home, and it's the same funeral home that I had used years ago for my late wife with the in in georgia and so i've known these people over the years and 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 i'm and i'm finding out like so how what was it like during the height of the pandemic in 2020 and into early 2021 and and i'm waiting to get this answer like they were just overwhelmed by funerals i mean they were just dying left and right you know by from covid You know, you hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, I had an uncle die of COVID last year and that person died of COVID. But the one thing I learned from the funeral home, and I want you to think about this, their business did not have any kind of a a noticeable uptick outside of the fact that there are now a few more in their late 70s baby boomers on scene. And so the normal uptick just of age is all that played in, not Corona. Now think about that. I want you to hold on to that. So during this time, and I was reading a story this morning, too, before preparing this program. This guy has parents who are retired and they're they're now pushing into their 90s that are so corona-afraid. They've watched the CNN-type news. And the father literally believes that 10% of the United States population died of COVID-19 in the past two years. Really believes that, that... 10% 10% of the population has died of COVID-19. And you and, and he said, it's so sad. You try to tell them that's not true. You try to tell them the average age of somebody dying of coronavirus is actually older than the all-cause age of death. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to believe it. Can't be. They believe like that. Video from China that people in their healthy 30s walking down the street grasping their their their, their mouths and their, their throats and they collapse and are able to break their fall, by the way, to the ground and the hazmat guys carry the body away. They were believing it. And they're still running around wearing a face covering because they believe the magic mask will protect you from any and all viruses. And they're just buying hand sanitizer by the gallon living in fear not a way to live absolutely not a way to live the truth is that mortician said something last week to me he said yeah we now have more funerals than we have ever had before. It's getting hard to schedule. But guess what? They're not dying of COVID-19. They're dying unexpectedly at younger ages. They're dying more of cancers. They're, They're dying of blood clots. They're dying of all kind of things. And all across the age spectrum, and, yeah, so there has been an increase of people dying in their working years, like, you know, age 20 to 64. There's been a an extremely noticeable increase. If you've listened to this program, yeah, you already know why. I don't need to remind you. And, and I, I think it's going to be a long time before anybody ever wakes up to understand what we have done to ourselves as a people and a nation. There are a lot of people that are going to be very surprised that they're going to be dying at a younger age. It doesn't mean I'm going to live to be a ripe old age at all. It just means that I think the number of people dying is going to be on a consistent uptick And it's going to be larger than just baby boomers like me aging out. It's going to include a lot of people that are in their 40s, maybe their 50s, and sometimes even in their 30s. It's the world in which we now live. And I I think there's going to be a lot to reckon with. And that's that's why I think, Lord, What are you asking me to do at this point in my life? Where do I need to be? I'm thankful that family wants us close so they know that they can help us and take care of us over these years ahead, should we be granted all these years on this earth. If the Lord should tarry his return, they want to make sure that our needs are met. And I'm thankful that I have that gift. So there's a lot going on in the background, a lot of hard decisions that, that need to be made. So we're going to look in that part of the world for a place to live that will meet our needs, not just today, not just in the months ahead or the year or two ahead of the Lord tarries. But if we should be granted, you know, some years on this earth, we don't have to move again. But whatever we do, ministry has got to be a part of it. The most important thing I think I can do in the short term is to help prepare others to pick up the work. The fields are white. Harvest is ready. Who's going to go work today? A lot of people are saying, you know, we need to do something. Well, but they don't know where to start. Between this radio show and the things that maybe I can do, even if it's a part-time ministry, is to help train others and prepare them for this world that we live in today. Now, look, I know that I have gone way over in this first segment. Normally, I would have already been (laughs) and I would have been at the break and I would have already been out by now. I mean, that's just how it is. But today... There's been a lot on my heart that I needed to share. I mean, my heart is broken that I can't do everything that I want to do, that I can't be there for everybody. And and it's, it's, it's breaking my heart. I can't do it. I want to, but I can't. It sounds easy. Oh, yeah, just, you know, can't, there's a trip we can't delay. So I'd have to be, like I say, driving up, turning around, driving back, turning around, driving up. It's not the gas prices. I mean, I yeah, it's bad enough, but I mean, that's not the issue. It's just—is it the right thing to be doing? And and it's just so hard. This radio ministry, right now, we we stand at a crossroad, and I'm not saying that in some kind of a you know where we we're at a crossroad, and it's not a financial one. Okay, let's, let's make that clear. I'm at a crossroad for what this program needs to be doing moving forward. We we have, we've talked about certain issues, and there are certain new issues we're going to continue to talk about. Yes, we are going to focus on the news that I that 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 I really believe Christians should be aware. I've got a couple of just brief news stories I'll be sharing in just a couple of minutes to explain that. But I believe this radio program is at a crossroad for what is the next chapter of what God is calling this program to be doing. The things we can talk about. You know, we can talk about the pandemic. We can talk about the vaccines. We can talk about the moral decay, the transgenderism, this agenda to confuse our children sexually. It's all part of a satanic agenda. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. (laughs) There's no arguing that there. It is what it is. Any ministry, and I can think of many that I'm aware of over the years, anybody can can get on the TV or the radio and talk about how bad this world is. That's like shooting fish in a barrel. It doesn't take a lot of effort. What takes a lot of effort is putting it in the light of God's word, and I need to be spending more time doing that. Preparing you. If you just want to look for the bad news, you know, you can watch Fox, you can watch Newsmax, you can go online, read Western Journal, you can you know, news, you can read all that stuff. There's plenty of it out there. Even true stuff and not so true stuff. There's plenty of it out there. If you want to live in fear, it's there. You, you can live in fear all you want. And think, you know, like, I'm glad I'm not like they are. But what are you going to do about it? In a way, we sometimes have to, but but how do we share the good news with a lost and dying world? We'll talk about that in a minute. We are at a crossroad, and I'd like to see the radio program grow. And I'd like to make sure the airtime bill is paid. If you can help us financially with the airtime bill on shortwave, would you consider writing a check made payable to... To Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That's our secure box. Number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word. Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's 32536. And if you're listening on shortwave or as a podcast, let me know. You can send me an email at bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com. That's bob at truth, the number two, the word ponder.com.
1: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The bride in curlers. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish Connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Every bride seeks to appear beautiful in the eyes of her groom, but it's often an involved process, an expensive process and a long process. So in the ancient Hebrew marriage, the bride and groom would stay separate for a year. The groom would prepare a place for the bride and the bride would prepare herself for the groom. Her mission was to get ready and make herself beautiful. Now, anybody who's has witnessed a woman getting beautiful or making herself beautiful or trying to knows that things often get worse before they get better. A woman covered with facial cream and a head full of curlers isn't very beautiful. You see, sometimes looking uglier is a necessary part of becoming more beautiful. And so, in the same way, if you're born again, you're the bride. And now is the time of your preparation. That's why you and Messiah are separated, so you can become beautiful. This is the time given for you to prepare for the marriage, to become beautiful, to become beautiful in his eyes, beautiful in spirit, beautiful in love, beautiful in faith, beautiful in joy, beautiful in peace. But you know, becoming beautiful is usually an involved process and not overnight. And often, before we become more beautiful, we must appear less beautiful, even ugly, in the mirror, in our own eyes. So if you're looking at yourself and your heart and your attitude and your spirituality and your selfishness, it can be pretty scary, pretty ugly. But don't be discouraged because in seeing her lack of beauty, that's how the bride becomes beautiful in the Lord. So you're not the picture of beauty or spirituality. It's okay. This is the time of your preparation. You don't have to be beautiful. You have to become beautiful. While more, ask for the sound of the bridegroom. Now, the free gift for you. From the sands of Judea, to the wings of the cherubim, to the writings of the rabbis, the awesome long-hidden mystery now revealed the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me together, bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of every nation on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's Box 1111. 1-1, one, one, it's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and it's 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom and peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Hechatan, the bridegroom.
0: Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I know I went long in that first segment, and I apologize, but as you probably could gather, there was a lot on my heart and my mind, and your prayers right now mean more to me than anything. Um... I don't know why this has been so difficult these two weeks, losing friends, losing, even though they're parts of my family that I'm not all that close to, I know those that were close to them who are close to me, it's not easy. And I wish that there was more that I I could do for them. Sometimes you have to recognize, you know, there are limitations, there are limitations. What I do know, what I do know and what I fully understand, is we are living in a time where we are on information overload. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit during this segment. Being on information overload, which can almost make you unable to do anything. You get depressed, you become worn out and weary. Yeah, I get it. I know. There are times, My even my wife said, we have got to turn off the news tonight for a change. We have, We can't, we've got to put it all behind us. She's right. All that terrible news will still be there tomorrow morning. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. It'll still be there. And she's right. It is, without fail. I mentioned before we went to the break, how we as a nation, the United States, and of course Canada, no offense, but you've been ahead of us on this, United Kingdom, Australia, you're you're abandoning the faith once delivered to the saints and becoming a very secularized and very meism society. well you, you're you're about a decade ahead or if if that much maybe, than the United States. But don't worry, we're catching up really fast. I mean really fast. I mean that's just how it is. We're catching up. But here's my but here's my question to you. And this is what I want to talk about right now. If we in the United States, are we I really believe that and I don't see it changing. We are past the point of no return. I mean, we are. We are never coming back. To that United States, that if it ever really was more moral, more uh, kind, more gentler, more giving, less meism, of course, a lot of that has always been with us. Of course, corruption and crime has always been with us. But we've never been at a point like we are today. Let me give you an example. Where we live at in in florida still have a home there and allowing some family to stay there for a while that town is growing rapidly and people just go up and down these little you know streets in neighborhoods like it's a drag strip they don't care they literally do not care and not a day goes by where somebody's not playing on their phone not paying attention and rear ends a car to stop sign because they don't want to stop at the stop sign Now we've always had lousy drivers. We've always had people that are obnoxious, but not at the vicious level we have today. We 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 have nothing. We don't have any kind of filter anymore. People on social media they drop f bombs and bad language, not just on social media, but you know at McDonald's or or the local grocery store. People don't care anymore. There's no filter. There's not even a modicum of trying to be, you know, neighborly. It's gone. We are at a pass. We are we are past a point of no return, morally, spiritually, ethically, and I think even it coming really soon financially. There are a lot of things coming down the road. We'll talk about a little bit later this week. We're not going to have quite enough time today. I don't think so. But we have to recognize that we are at a time that don't don't be running around I, I look a lot of you send me videos and links that are important and I get it and and the, there's a lot of good information there but I can't view it all there's twenty four hours in the day and I need to sleep at least some of them and it's nice occasionally to spend a little time talking to my wife when I can and these you know past almost two weeks up here uh coming out of Florida, we have been very busy just trying to get our place in Georgia ready to put on the market. Because we have come to the conclusion it is time to sell this place that God gave us and I really believe that God gave us this place in order for the appreciation to be what it is to allow us to do the things that God wants us to do for the next chapter of our lives. This is primarily it's not just a decision to have where we will eventually settle down but also I believe to bring us into a place where for the first time in a long time the ministry options could be shall we say significantly bigger but without putting as much you know, demands on our abilities And I also believe it would be a place where God is already preparing others that are maybe already there, we'll find out But right now, there's so many orchestrated distractions out there. Now, obviously, somebody at the Supreme Court last week thought it was a good idea to let the world know that Roe versus Wade may be overturned. Time to get the Antifa-type riots going. Let's burn it all down. Let's destroy America because we can't kill babies. It is the worst thing that ever happened since not allowing our seven-year-olds to choose their gender and have life-altering surgery. We are chasing a lot of stuff out there, a lot of stuff, while missing, while missing a lot of the bigger stories. There's going to be some, some you know, food supply issues. Now, a lot of people are saying, you know, because of this fire or that fire, and I mentioned last week. Somebody pointed out to me that knows a lot more than I do. And don't get mad at me for saying this. Those stories are very interesting to see that there's been, over the course of a year, about 20 some odd fires at food processing plants. But that represents one in a thousand plants and you start going back over four or five years, and that's kind of the, the normal number, unfortunately, in industrial fires. But what's really important is why is gas going up? Why really is rent and prices going up? Why is food prices going up? And I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you, you may disagree, and I've seen all the videos you've sent, but doing a little bit of research the, the, the fires at these processing plants have so little influence on any of that. It's because cost of fertilizer and feed has been going up. We have been so dependent in the United States on countries that are not necessarily always our friend for too many things that we seem to always need. Computer chips out of China. Where does a lot of the fertilizer stuff come from? Ukraine. You're beginning to see the picture. The things we in the United States and Canada used to do for ourselves, we have put out there in the global world to make a bigger profit. But we've done it with people that are oftentimes, they're not our friends. And you have the Biden administration Really pushing the Klaus Schwab great reset in the background, medical tyranny in the background. All these things that are really important, we're we're running around chasing, we're chasing the symptom, not the root cause. And all these distractions. Listen, here's why Roe versus Wade is a big distraction. And I believe it was a distraction by design. Everything going on with the Ukraine narrative is a distraction by design, because if everybody's running around worrying about Ukraine, if everybody's worrying about Roe versus Wade and CNN and and even a lot of the mainstream, even even Fox News misses the bigger picture, except in a couple of their programs. We're running around chasing the wrong boogeyman. That's what it comes down to. What does it mean? And I've read the legal analysis. What does it mean? And I see all these people that don't get it. What does it mean if Roe versus Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court this summer? Let's say the ruling that's out there uh, that was the draft copy in February that something like it comes out. What does it do? Does it end abortion in the United States? The answer in one word, no. It does not. It puts it back in the hands of the states. And if somebody lives in a state where abortion is not legal, they can then travel to one where it is, like New York or California, probably because Northern Virginia has so many Democrats and federal government employees, even a state like Virginia, it's going to be hard to get rid of it. North Carolina, because of the research triangle and and Asheville up in the mountains. While South Carolina may limit, Georgia may have a hard time because of the population of Atlanta. Do you see, it's not going to end abortion yet. Everybody thinks that it is. I see people that I know, I pray this is true, that abortion will come to an end in America. Well, I pray it comes to an end, too. But ruling, overruling Roe v.ersus Wade and throwing it to the states means that it's going to be a state choice. And trust me, about half the states, it's going to be business as usual. And the ones that aren't, people can simply travel. We're running around waiting for Antifa-like riots to occupy our minds away from the real dangers around us. Crops that are not being planted because seed cost, fertilizer cost are too high. We're not hearing about that. We're also seeing that Things like the COVID-19 vaccinations are causing pregnancy issues, birth defects, and infertility. We can't talk about that. Those aren't the important things. We're going to talk about Roe versus Wade. Transgenderism is important. Wokeness, critical race theory, they're, they're important. They need to be dealt with. But don't get so fixated on certain things that you don't see. The real dangers that are lurking right around the corner. I don't trust the elections coming up. 2020 got stolen. Don't think that this one can either. And don't put your faith and hope and everything of your life into a politician and an election. This year in November will mark 50 years of my voting. It's not fixed. And it and it will not be fixed in my lifetime. It'll never be fixed in the ballot box. There's too much evil in this world that will find a way to steal the vote, tip an election, and have you looking, you know, like the magician does, you know, sleight of hand. Ooh, look over here, look over here. While well, the real issues are happening over there. Even some Christian programs are busy sharing the headlines that you can that don't change anything of consequence while ignoring things that are important you know what's important you know what really is important to me is sharing the good news training others to share that good news to create disciples to create leaders for the church that is coming what I say about what I mean by the church that is coming, the church as we know it is a dead entity because we know they can be shut down oh, by a virus, even if it isn't a real virus or a man-made. Whatever, it can be shut down because of fear, like that older couple. Ten percent of the population die. They didn't. Not even one percent. Not even a half of one percent. Fear and misinformation and indoctrination are doing our world in. And this radio program and the remaining days that God gives me on this earth have got to be dealing with a ministry that helps everybody in that regard. I can't do it all. Though I have some thoughts that I'll be sharing, maybe tomorrow. If you believe in our ministry, would you consider helping us financially? If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248. That's number 3248 City, Crestview. Crestview, Florida. Zip code 32536. Zip code 32536. You can also support us from the website.